Psalms 107. Psalms 107. Find your place, say amen. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Let's read verse 2 together. Ready? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. With the help of the Lord, I want to preach on say so. That statement, and I could have titled the message and it would be accurate. Say something. Say something. But we'll just use the Bible verbiage and say, say so. Let's pray. Brother Ronnie, how about you praying? Thank you, Lord, for your many blessings upon each and every one of us. Lord, I do pray now, Lord, as we come to the preaching time, Lord, I pray that Lord, our passion for fresh oil, Lord, and power, love, liberty to preach, God, to help us, God, to receive what you have for us tonight. Lord, and not just leave it here, Lord, but take it home with us, Lord, meditate on it, dwell on it, Lord, apply it to our hearts and lives. Please, God, tonight, if there's one that's lost, they'll be saved, washed in the blood by your marvelous grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You'll be seated. We live in the most intimidating, most fearful, most non-confrontational generation of Christianity in history. The only thing that's more uh, challenging to me than the fearlessness of the wicked, in fact, they are fearless, they could care less, is the fear of the believer. But in our text, I want you to notice as a form of introduction what the Bible says. Notice with me the command, let. When we use the word let, it usually means we're giving permission to something. For instance, I let my children stay up to 10 p.m. I let my husband go hunting. I let my wife have my credit card to shop and buy all she wants to buy. But when God said let, it is never, never giving permission. It is always a command. As a matter of fact, Genesis 1.14, And God said, Let there be light in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from night, and let them be for signs and for seasons, for days and years. God was not giving the, the light permission to sign. He was commanding the light to shine in the darkness. Genesis 1 records no less than 14 times where God said, let something happen. And it was not a permission, but it was a command. You and I have not been given permission to say so. We are given a command to say so. Quite a bit of difference. And as a matter of fact, in the book of Acts, the New Testament Christianity was earmarked with this irresistible impulse to say something. As a matter of fact, uh, 
repeatedly in the book of Acts, the apostles and the early church was persecuted because they stood and said something. And the Bible says, and God has commissioned us to go and to preach, to teach, and to witness. He gave that to the early church. And by the way, that command still stands. And we're to do that. Acts 4, 17, And that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. They simply said, you shut up about Jesus. Don't you mention Jesus. Don't you talk about Jesus. You're not allowed to talk about Jesus. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you, more than the God judge ye. But we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. They said, we cannot do what you are commanding us to do because God has commanded us to speak up and to say something. I love this. In Acts chapter 5, verse 28, said, did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name. Let me stop here and say this. The world will have no problem if you want to talk about God. They'll have no problem if you want to talk about the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, they'll help you. They'll join you. But when you start talking about Jesus, that brings a lot of controversy. That upsets that name Jesus. I like that name Jesus. Boy, if Jesus bothers you, you're going to be bothered tonight. It, I like the name Jesus. And men get confronted when, when, you, when you address them and, and you ask questions like, what would Jesus have you to do? Well, why are you bringing him into it? Well, I believe every decision in life ought to be coupled with the fact this is what Jesus wants us to do. What the, what the Lord wants us to do. So we find this name saying, Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. And Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than man. We have seen... In the last couple of years, something we've never seen before. We've all we've never had to to speak up, to defend opening church and going to church. But we've seen that now. We 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 realized we had to speak up. Notice Acts chapter five, verse forty. And him they agreed, and when they had commanded the apostles and beaten them. They commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Now here, three times they are commanded, threatened, actually physically beaten to shut up. Then notice what happened. 
They departed from the presence of the council rejoicing. Rejoicing? Why? If that happened today, you'd be whining about it for three years. Rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the, high, in the temple, in every house, they ceased not to teach and to preach Jesus Christ. And it wasn't just an Old Testament. I mean, a New Testament um, command. The Old Testament, one of the greatest characteristics of the Old Testament, that these, these great prophets and men could not, the inability to stay quiet. They were always speaking up. Enoch had something to say about the reprobates, Jude 1.14. And Enoch also, the seventh of Adam, and prophesied of these things, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all, to convince all that are ungodly among them of their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and with their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Man, he used the word ungodly four times in that one verse. Noah said something to the rejectors, hold it, time out. He did that for 120 years. Spared not the old world but saved Noah the eighth person a preacher of righteousness bringing in the flood upon the world to the ungodly. Joseph said something about the evilness, the report he gave of his brothers. And he brought to his father an evil, their evil report. David had to say something about reproach. Nehemiah had something to say about the ruin. What I want you to see is this. Let us, it's not God giving us permission it is God giving us a command to let us say so. Not only do we see the command, but notice the crowd. The redeemed of the Lord. Now I'm going to ask you a question. Are you part of that crowd? Amen. Thank God I've been redeemed. And if you're part of that crowd... Now that's who the command's given to. It's not given to the lost world. It's not given to the person that knows not Christ. But it's given to the redeemed. He said, let, uh, let the redeemed of the Lord. Acts 20, 28, the Bible says, Take heed therefore in yourselves unto all the flock of which the Holy Ghost have made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood, redeemed is that crowd that's been purchased with the blood of Christ. Amen. First Corinthians six twenty. For you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. Then notice not only the command let the crowd, the redeemed of the Lord, but notice the courage. Say so. Say something. God's people have always through generations been a vocal people. 
God's people have always been known for saying something no one else would. Never have God's people stood silently by and never have, as a Christian, bit their tongue and said nothing. Now, God didn't say to the redeemed of the Lord, think so. He didn't say to the redeemed of the Lord, believe so. He didn't say to the redeemed of the Lord, feel so. He didn't say to the redeemed of the Lord, know so. He didn't say that, but he said to the redeemed of the Lord, say so. Say something. Now, let me give you three things you ought to say something to. Say something something to. And the first one, I, I need you to hear me completely or you're going you're gonna to miss what the message. Number one, say something by protesting. Whoa, now time out. Immediately, some of you went to writing in the streets. I've been, hallelujah, I got permission now. I'm going to burn my neighbor's house. No, 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 no. That's writing. That's sin. That's wrong. No, I'm talking about, I'm talking about being willing to stand up for what's right, for what you believe, and protesting. You know, it's going to shock you, but God's last name's not down. Did you know that? Apparently the world doesn't know that, and somebody needs to step up and say, you know, that's not his last name. You say, that's being arrogant. No. That's saying, I'm tired of you taking my God's name in vain. I'm tired of you doing it. And and by the way, there there comes a time with this last year uh, when when our governor uh, decided he's going to shut everything down, including the churches. Some men got together, preachers, and took this to a court of law before a federal judge. I wasn't asked, but if I had been asked, I would have signed my name on the dotted line and spoke up with him. No problem at all. But he stood up and and what it did in our state. And I say hallelujah for this. It kept us from being shut down for an entire year like the state of California. Because somebody stood up and said, no, you can't do that. The Constitution says we have the right to meet and to worship. Aren't you glad of that? Amen. And so, this people here, in this chapter, they stood up in protest to some things that were just not right. I'll tell you one story real quickly. I went to a hospital to pray with a little girl that was having her tonsils took out or, or, or something. And um, uh, they were putting IVs and getting her all ready and all that good stuff. And, um, and uh, her mother and father's there. And I said, well, okay, when they finish it up, I'll pray with her and I'll get on out of the way. And uh, she said, that'd be wonderful. A little girl was there and... Uh, about that time, an uh, anesthesiologist walked in. He said, okay, we're ready to start. And I said, sir, 
uh, I'm going to take just a few minutes and I'm going to pray with this little girl. He said, I'm sick of this foolishness. Go! I said, sir, I said, sir, that's not your call. I said, mom, dad, you want me to pray? Yes or no? Yes, sir, we want you to pray. He exited out. Stood out there in the front of the, in the hallway, long lip, could reach the ground. Matter in the bull. I, now, please don't boo me out. But I would have been challenged if I'd been in Paris to walk out there and say, I want a different doctor doing, working on my daughter. I don't, want, I don't want this dude. Now, is that being arrogant? No. It's not trying to demand something. No. It's, it's as the ideal of what's right and wrong. And folks, we know enough Bible to know what's right and wrong. Do we not? We're, not? we're not ignorant of those things. And so you'll find that this people here, they lifted their voices in protest. And listen what they did. First of all, they lifted their voices because of a famine. Psalms 107 verse 5. Take your Bible there and, and, and follow along with me. It'll, it'll do you good. Psalms 107 verse 5. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. They were hungry and they were thirsty because there was a shortage of food and water. And so they were protested because of famine. I don't know if we have any history buffs here tonight, but if you've ever read history of the Roman Empire, one of the greatest reasons the Roman Empire imploded on the inside was trying to seize power, they stopped the food supply from Egypt. And people started starving. And because of that, because of that hunger and famine, they turned, they turned on the, the, whole, the whole thing, just imploded. Part of that thing was, was famine. Now, we have never known famine. We, we use this statement, well, I'm about to starve to death. Now, you know, we, if we want to get right with God, we probably need to quit that statement. We, 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 ought, to, we ought to say, it's time for me to habit eat. Out of habit. Because the, the truth of the matter is, most of us don't know what famine is. In the book of Lamentations, I won't take time to turn to it, but in the book of Lamentations, if you go back and read it, here's what real famine is. Famine was so bad that women took their babies. There's a story in there. It's hard to believe. I just couldn't believe this. One in the Bible, you told me this. I probably wouldn't believe it, but it's in the Bible. Two women had two little boys, baby boys, and they agreed together to boil their children and eat them. And one woman boiled hers and they ate it. And here was the woman's complaint. Her, she has hid her son. You make her go get that boy and bring him here so we can cook him and eat him. That's famine. That's famine. And so we find they lift up their voices because of famine. Notice their souls fading them. Verse 10 and 12. Uh, feebleness. Such as sit in darkness in the shadow of death been bound in affliction and iron because they rebelled against the words of God 
and con- condemned the counsel of the Most High. Therefore, he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down. There was none to help. That they, they're, they're protesting because of their feebleness. They're sitting in darkness. They're sitting in the shadow of death. They're prisoners of affliction. And they're alone, forsaken, outnumbered, helpless. What a place to be. They protested because of their foolishness. Verse 17. Fools because of their transgression and because their iniquities are afflicted. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat. They draw near to the gates of death. They were incapable of being satisfied. They drew near to death. They were confronted with the stench and the atmosphere of death. They said something because of their fear. Notice verse 26. They mount up to the heaven. They go down again to the depth. Their soul is melted because of trouble. Their soul's melted. I see that today. It's, it's just the most amazing thing I've, I've ever witnessed. The souls of men and women melting within them. And notice what he said. They, they reel to and fro and stagger like drunken men. And at their wit's end. Wow. The storms and wind caused their soul to melt. Stagger around like drunk men. And they're to wit's end. And when troubles came, they said something. When all of this, they, in, in protest. <coughs> but church, there's something very alarming happening. And that is this. We're not alarmed. We see all that's going on around us. And we're, we're not alarmed. There was a day that we would be extremely alarmed by what's going on. But we seem to be unaffected. Uh, it's, almost, it's almost like I'm rich and increased with goods and I have need of nothing. And I'm Okay. Or it's almost the attitude, eat and drink today for tomorrow we die. And so it's it's very challenging. But in the midst of protesting, say something. Thank God. I'm glad that God put the love of Christ in my soul for people and for sinners and for people around me. Thank God for that. But may I remind you, that love of God is not something for you to lay down and let the world walk over you like doormats either. We're not to be the world's doormats. And when something's wrong and sinful, we ought to speak up. Say something. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Number two, they, they said something by praying. I want you to notice in, in this chapter... Verse number 6. Follow along. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them out of their distress. Notice verse 13. And they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and He saved them out of their distress. Verse 19. And they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and He saved them out of their distress. Verse 28. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and He bringeth them out 
of their distress. Every single time the distress came, they run to God in prayer and He delivered. See, I, I see the, the light into this tunnel. This thing's got to come to a conclusion. And, and, I, and, and the light's not another train coming, or at least I hope it ain't. I hope it's not. But the reality is, every time, God is a prayer answering God. But God cannot and will not answer prayers that are never prayed. God will not, God cannot, He can, but He will not answer prayers that are never prayed. And it ought to be, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We ought to be, we ought to be burning heaven's throne room up. It ought to be said in heaven. That's that crowd down there, Solid Rock Baptist Church. My God, they're praying me. To, they're, every time I turn around, that crowd's are praying. They're praying. They're praying. And, and may I remind you, we ought to pray in the morning. We ought to pray during the day. We ought to pray at night before we go to bed. You ought to be in a constant, uh, not shutting your eyes, but in a constant attitude of prayer. Because we need prayer. Our church needs prayer. Families in our church need prayer. You know what? One of the most blessed things we have to do is the privilege to pray for one another. And, and you don't have to know the details. I mean, busybodies like no details. No, I'm not talking about details. I'm talking about they need to know. Is there a family here? I'm, I'm just curious. God forbid if I'd meddle in your life. But, but is, that, is that family here that you, you don't need prayer? Is there one? I'll tell you a little story. I was over here praying one day. And I, I, I just start, I always do the same. I start over here, go down through the middle and end up on this side. And when I got over here, I just, I just laughed. I just laughed in my, I'm, I just laughed, at, I was laughing by myself. And I said, my God, this church has got more problems than the screen door's got holes. I said, I, I don't know of a family that don't have something going on, something happening. There ain't something going on in their life. And, and, and sometimes it's good, sometimes it's, but I'm just saying, every family, and what an opportunity we have to pray for one another. So say something by protesting. Say something by praying. And then you know this third one's going to be here. Say something by praising. Tonight, on your worst day, your worst time, you move into a realm of Christianity you've never been in. If in the midst of your worst day, you can look up and praise God. The day you get the worst, worst information you've ever gotten, you can hold a hand up and say, well, just praise God. You, if you can do that, well, that's, that's a challenge. But notice in this chapter, notice the times he said something by praising. 
Verse 1, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. Let me say this. You or not, or me or you, neither one, can handle God's judgment. If He issued judgment tonight, according to how we're living, we'd all be in trouble. And if you think you wouldn't be, gosh, I'm going to pray for you. You need help. But I'm glad He said this, not my judgment, for His mercy endureth forever. Notice verse 15. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Oh, that men. That word men is not gender. That is mankind. That's mankind. Oh, that mankind, men, women, boys and girls would praise the Lord for His goodness. Oh, that we would. Let me ask you a question. Now, this is not a good place to be lying to the Holy Spirit of God. You know what God did in Acts chapter 5 for that? I want to ask you a question. Has God been good to you? Amen. God has been so good. He has. Notice verse number 22. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare His works with rejoicing. Notice verse 31. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Psalms 156. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. In Luke 19, the disciples were commanded that they should shut up again, not praise the Lord. Notice what Jesus said about that. When he was come nigh, even now to descend the Mount Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all his mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said to them, Master, rebuke thy disciples. Shut them up. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. So tonight, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Just a couple questions. Has the world given you a lot, John? Have we allowed the Lord, the world to give us lockjaw? Have we allowed the intimidation of the world to just simply shut us up? Well, tonight God's given us a command. It's not, not a suggestion. He's not given us permission. It's a renewed command. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Don't be ashamed about your head where you work and pray for you for your lunch. I had a man, he was um, over personnel and 
Um, he's a lost man. Very lost man. And we had to go to a meeting together. We stopped at a restaurant. We got our food. I knew he was a lost man. And I bowed my head. And I thanked the Lord. And I didn't hurry. I didn't get rushed. I thanked the Lord for the food, for traveling grace. Most of all, for saving me. When I got done, he was just staring at me. And I, I guess it went by for a minute or two. He just stared at me. I don't know why I embarrassed him. I got my fork and started eating. I was hungry. And finally he said, people don't do that no more. I said, I do. And he never said another word. We need to stop being intimidated by the world. We don't have to be mean and ugly. I'm not talking about that. We don't have to be mean and ugly and unkind and try to shove it down somebody's throat. No, we do not. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, though, we don't have to be intimidated by a world that's lost because we're saved and we're Christians. We don't have to be ashamed of being Christians. We don't have to be intimidated, especially to the point of saying, when they say, shut up, you have a right to speak up. Not their law, but God's. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Or say something. I'll stand to her feet. If we had bowed, never eye closed.